Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here. Monday morning, April 4th, with so much going on. Some of the big stories we're covering up in Sacramento uh, two shooters opened fire uh, early yesterday morning uh, in uh, Sacramento. Yeah. Second mass shooting in five weeks. This time around, six people killed. Twelve uh, others were wounded. Four of them fighting for their lives. Uh, that is uh, pretty serious stuff. And on the uh, Ukraine front, unfortunately, and I mean truly unfortunately, it looks like uh, – War crimes and genocide took place in a small town uh, called Bucha, in which was retaken by Ukrainian forces. And on the way out, the retreating Russians were just killing people wholesale, civilians, literally tying them up, handcuffing them and shooting them execution style. Bodies littered on the streets. And Russia, of course, claims that the Ukrainians uh, have set all this up, uh, that it was staged. Crazy stuff. And then we're going to see uh, Kataji Brown-Jackson probably confirm this week. Uh, COVID. You know, while this going on, COVID hasn't disappeared. We're in pretty good shape right now. Mass mandates are disappearing fairly quickly. Uh, are we going to get the next surge? We don't know. United Kingdom, China have it. And we'll see. We're usually several weeks behind. So let me tell you about a group of people that are being threatened by the pandemic big time. And the supply chain issue, uh, supply chain issue, big times. And these are patients who are chronic, uh, chronically ill. They have uh, long-standing illnesses that will continue on probably for the rest of their lives. And it's uh, you can't get the stuff for home care. Uh, story out of Washington Post about this woman, Crystal Evans. And uh, she's scared to death. A bacteria grows inside that silicon tube that connects her windpipe to the ventilator that she uses full time. And here she is completely hostage to supply chain disruptions caused by the pandemic, worsened by the demand for the same material used by hospitals and industry. Everybody is fighting for it. And you literally have life or death challenges for her and millions of chronically ill patients around the country. They're already struggling to survive on their own. So what ended up happening to her? Well, it went from bad to worse. She did contract a potentially life-threatening infection in her trachea because there was uh, the bacteria there. And she's taking a last resort antibiotic. They have a couple of antibiotics that are locked away. It's like nuclear secrets. Or even more secure, the recipe for the 11 uh, herbs and spices. 
That you can never get to. You could break in and get nuclear secrets easier than you can get those 11 herbs and spices. Also, the Coca-Cola, I think, uh, formula, which is sitting in some bank vault in Atlanta, and two people know uh, the formula. They get hit by a truck. It's over. Coca-Cola is done as a company. That's risky. I digress. Really, Handel? Yes, I really digress. So here she can't get the tubes. So she had to boil the tubes and try to somehow sterilize her tube, and it didn't work because she couldn't get them. So why wouldn't she go to the hospital to get her treatments? Well, that's another issue. We've talked to Jim Keeney. People stay out of the hospital for fear of getting AIDS, uh, for fear of getting, excuse me, COVID, not AIDS, for fear of getting COVID. And even Jim was complaining or, or telling us that there were people who died of stroke and heart attack who would have survived, but for the fact they were too late in going to the hospital. So here you are. Uh, your heart is exploding in your chest. It's just about to bust through like a, like the scene from Alien. And you are, nope, I'm not going to the hospital. No way. I'm going to get COVID. So you die. Well, you sure showed them, didn't you? you kick that person and doesn't, doesn't move because they're dead. And that's what's going on. I mean, that unfortunately is the reality. And they can't get the stuff out there. Why? Because there's a huge, well, it comes to tubing. That's the big one. Tubing is made out of silicon. Silicon is right now in huge shortage around the world. I'm sure there's tons of raw material sitting out uh, on on the docks out there in LA or or, uh, Long Beach Harbor. Harbor. Now, going to the hospital, which makes all the sense in the world, because not only is that a place where you have professionals, that you're dealing with who know what they're doing, but also the doctors there can find substitutes. They do that. They figure out tubing and uh, IV kits and supplements. And uh, they are, they have access to, for example, the heparin uh, is a blood thinner. Now you're at home and here's the problem. Not only do you have a hard time getting hold of that stuff, but your insurance company, wait a minute. We don't let you treat at home for this particular disease or affliction. We only allow it in the hospital. It happens all the time. You talk about a federal bureaucracy? Deal with a private insurance company to pay your bills and argue with them. And it becomes completely crazy. And so dealing with an insurance company is a nightmare onto itself, even to the point where there are so many people that owe so much in medical care. What the uh, credit reporting agencies are doing now is they're moving late pays and non-pays for medical reasons over to another category entirely. And a lot of creditors are looking at people as good credit risks who owe $100,000, who owe $200,000 in medical bills. Why? Because no one can pay $200,000. There's just no chance, especially if uh, you make a moderate living you're living paycheck to paycheck. Pay your bills on time. So your credit is sterling. And there are a lot of people uh, who are in that category. And at the same time, uh, otherwise, you'd never be able to buy a car, uh, use a credit card again for the rest of your life. According to the CDC, six in 10 people in the U.S. have chronic disease. 61 million Americans live with some kind of disability. And a huge number of them have treatment at home 
And this one is just another sidebar story of COVID. I've told you time and time again that the study of COVID is going to go on for years, decades. We don't even know how it has affected us in terms of the long term. Coming up. Hmm. What do I want to do? Um, Oh, let's talk a little bit about uh, COVID and uh, medical research. Because that's another size. We got a lot to cover today. KFI AM uh, 640 handle here on a Monday morning, April 4th. As we continue on with the program, some of the top news we're covering this morning. Estelle Harris. You may not know her name, but you certainly uh, recognize her as George Costanza's, uh, Costanza's mom on Seinfeld. She was also Mrs. Potato Head in the Toy Story franchise. She has died. She was 93 years old. Uh, hell of an actress. Just a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, you know what? People die. 93. I'll take it. Now a life well lived. I want to move into something that uh, we cannot forget is still going on. As the mask mandates are disappearing, as the vaccination, um, the number of people vaccinated is breaking down. We pretty well know who's going to, who's not, and our numbers are pretty well set. So that conversation, for the most part, is over. What has come out of this, uh, which is still not understood very well, is long COVID. Jim Keeney has talked to us about this. Long COVID is are those people who have long COVID. Uh, these symptoms continue on for months and maybe indefinitely, and uh, the symptoms are all over the place, not even necessarily connected with the virus. Uh, respiratory issues, well, that's viral connected, but heart issues and blood pressure issues. I mean, it's all over the place, and they're trying to figure out how, how this works. So uh, there's a lady named uh, Eliza Fisher. Uh, And she started having tremors after she was hospitalized with COVID in 2020. And uh, she wasn't getting a lot of help because there are really no experts. She clearly had long COVID. Uh, First of all, getting diagnosed was forever. And there are no experts in the field. And it's so new that the ramp-up process to study long COVID among the scientists, uh, the medical personnel... Uh, even the pharmaceutical companies that now start experimenting and dealing with potential drugs. Well, that's not going fast enough. So you know what she did? She went on her own and began this 18-month medical odyssey, consulting immunologists and cardiologists and neurologists and every other doctor you can think of uh, and said, how would you treat? How do we treat uh, my convulsions with this long COVID? And she said they had no experience. They had no idea. So what she did is started a revolution in research. I mean, how does a person who uh, actually is a former flight attendant, part-time yoga instructor who uses a wheelchair now, how the hell does she become a top researcher? Here was her, her idea. And that is use the internet. She goes on chat rooms. And she started and is part of organizations that talk about patients who, in fact, have long COVID. And whether they've been diagnosed or not, you sort of know, at least uh, one may think that you have long COVID. Not even, it's hard to even get a dog diagnosis. So what she did is say, and think about this, brilliant. She said, okay, the research consists of talking to people, right? Sitting down, taking history. So why don't we bring this worldwide community of people who have long COVID, and it is worldwide, 
and then bring them aboard and everybody talks about their experiences and what they've gone through and what the symptoms are and what they're doing to help, what does help, what doesn't help. Taking whatever drugs, even over the counter, it doesn't matter. And now you have people from all over the world and you got this enormous database of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who have long COVID. I mean, the number of people who actually have it is astronomical. U.S. government says, and the numbers are all over the place, anywhere between 8 and 23 million people now have long COVID, according to the government. They know so little of it. Well, can you imagine the numbers? 8 million on the, on the low side, 23 million on the high side. So now there is this database of unbelievable proportions and we clearly have algorithms that can deal with that. And then it starts bringing down, uh, it, it starts tightening the numbers, tightening the time in which this information is going to be gathered. So it comes from the other side. It is not researchers and doctors reaching out to people. It is people reaching out to themselves and then producing the data for the experts to deal with. And so this kind of people taking over, and dealing with it really isn't new. Look what happened in the late 80s with uh, the HIV-AIDS epidemic. You had groups like ACT UP, uh, Queer Nation, successfully pushing through to move drugs quickly through the system, the developmental pipeline. I mean, talking about how quickly the vaccine moved through development and testing. I mean, it happened within a year. Uh, COVID, no one knew what the hell it was. And then, boom, a year later, a vaccine is now out on the market. And it wasn't even on the market. It was uh, given away for free by the U.S. government, which we, of course, paid for. And so look what happened with AIDS. Much the same thing with HIV. Not as quickly, but it was the uh, it was just a, the grassroots organizations that pushed it. Remember, it started as the gay disease. And frankly, it's them, not us. If you talk about uh, those gay men, those homosexuals, or as my mother used to call them, homosexualist men's, you know, that was their issue. We're not that interested. Well, they developed some enormous political power. By the way, I wouldn't go against the gay community if I were you. They're one of the most potent political forces, very well run, know exactly what they're doing. And so they were able to push it. So taking that page... Taking a lesson from that page, what Lisa Fisher and thousands of other people are doing is uh, have gathered together and is producing this mass of information. And this has become really urgent, too, because finding uh, treatments for long COVID has become urgent as the country is shifting towards we're accepting the coronavirus is now a lower level threat that's going to be with us forever. It's always going to be around. We're going to have COVID shots as well as our flu shots. There'll be a group of people that will never be vaccinated, but they're not against the flu shot either. There's tons of people out there that go, no, thank you. I know tons of people that are just not interested. I, of course, happen to be very pro-vaccination, so I'm going to be the first in line to get uh, not only the fourth booster or the second booster, uh, but also I would do it every year. Uh, However, you have those, uh, even those people who have gotten covid And so what's going to be left is people get over COVID. They'll be hospitalized, they go home, or they'll be dead, or they'll have light symptoms, which happens again. But then there's a group of people that are left over, long COVID patients. 
And there are going to be millions. And with flu, there are very few long flu patients out there. You get the flu and the number of people who have long-term complications are pretty small. COVID, it's a different animal. And we don't even know. So what's going on now, researchers and regulators uh, have come to recognize, you know what, this patient input business is really important. Part of uh, Obamacare, the America Build Back program, or Build Back America Better, Better America for You. Close. I, I know. I'm always, uh, you know, build your better bureau, America, just like you want it. Well, no. Okay. I'm not sure if we're but, talking about dressers now because there was a bureau or backs. Are we talking about chiropractors? Yeah, yeah, we're talking about Joe Biden. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and so what ended up happening is that the expertise that was developed among these people out there who are now devo- devoting their lives to this stuff. And enough of them out there in terms of gathering information, in terms of developing approaches that they have used. Whoa, all of a sudden you've got not just a few doctors who are starting to specialize this, but you've got amateurs, granted. But, you know, amateur sleuths do a pretty good job out there. And this is basically just an uh, an amateur sleuth job that's being done with COVID. Do you remember Lorenzo's Oil, uh, that movie about the couple who had that child? who was deathly ill with his terminal disease because uh, there was too much of this oil in his body, this protein, and they on their own did the research because it was so rare, nobody was specializing in it. So they took it on their own and discovered that it was an oil to put into their bo- their boy system to get rid of that oil. Not that oil, the other oil. It was killing him. I mean, it's a fascinating story, Lorenzo's oil, but this was a gr- this was. This was two people that did that. They blew past medical science because they spent all their time. So now you have tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people out there. And that's going to have a lot to do with it. You're going to see uh, a lot of diseases being uh, beaten a lot quicker, not only on the medical science front with uh, genome engineering and genetic engineering, uh, but you're also going to find uh, a whole new way of dealing with raw data and a lot of it. It's a great idea. I absolutely love it. Coming up, Handle on the News, uh, late edition. Handle on the News, late edition. Handle on the News. And now, here's Bill Handle. KFI AM uh, 640. Bill Handle here, Monday morning, April 4th, as we uh, continue with the show. And it is time for... Handle on the news late edition with uh, none other than uh, Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Here we go. Let's do it, guys. Late story. Russia is facing growing outrage, uh, new evidence of atrocities and I don't know where Putin is on this one. I really don't. As uh, Russian troops were leaving uh, Bucha, uh, a small town near, I think it was near Kiev, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or, no, it's on the other side of the country, down uh, near uh, the southeastern part of uh, Ukraine. Uh, they were, uh, the Ukrainians are taking back the town, 
Russia is retreating, and on the way out, the atrocities were committed. Civilians were tied up and shot, point blank, executed. Bodies littered the street, a mass grave with 150 to 300 people in it. And uh, Russia, of course, immediately said, oh, no, it was all staged. Where's the upside for Putin on this one? Why wouldn't he come down really hard and at least show there is some humanitarian aspect of him and the Russian troops instead of doubling down? So what does he do now? What is next? Does he line people up in the town square and mow them down and argue that that was stage two? I don't know where he is going. The world is inflamed. It's getting worse and worse. But I don't think he cares. Well, it's not a question of humanity here. No. No, no. We're not talking humanity. I'm just talking about the practical aspects. Where's the upside for this for him? I think he thinks that, this is my guess anyway, he thinks that destruction is destruction, whether it be of life, of city, of whatever it happens to be. And even though he knows that eventually, should Russia win this, he gets to go back in there and he would have to rebuild everything. I don't even think that matters to him at this point. No, it's no, just getting Ukraine. Yeah, there's Killing no anybody along the way, and that's, burning anything along yeah, the way, be damned. I don't know if he's ordered that. I doubt that. Uh, but I, I don't think he's ordered it, no, but he's I, not stopping it. No, he's not stopping it. He's not so stopping. Wouldn't then, if he hasn't ordered it, then has somebody ordered it? Sure. Or the soldiers are doing it on their own. I mean, so Russian this soldiers is all, have a history of this sort of thing. So these are all different questions depending on why this happened and who started it. Yeah, if because you're else, saying you don't understand him, but maybe this is something that is separate and apart from whatever Vladimir Putin is thinking. But but not denouncing it. And not doing anything about it. So there you go. If nothing else, accessory after the fact. Complicity after the after the fact. And then was it, are these ordered? Or are these simple Russian sh- soldiers going out of control, just going berserk and indiscriminately killing people because of the passion of the moment kind of thing? Russia has a history of this. World War II, it happened. Happened in Hungary. It happened in Czechoslovakia when they came in, 56, 68. Happened in Chechnya. Happened in Syria where chemical weapons were used. I mean, this is uh, this is their playbook. And the world has sat back. Well, maybe the line was drawn this time. Well, here's a story. So first, we when the war broke out, we started talking about Russia being accused of poisoning possibly Ukrainian negotiators who were going to the table to talk about a peace deal, right? Now, it looks like two Russian soldiers have been killed in 20 or have been killed in 28 or in the hospital after they were poisoned by Ukrainian civil, uh, civilians. So the the claim is that these civilians baked poisoned cakes for troops from Russia's 3rd Motor Rifle Division. And that two soldiers died after eating the food and 28 others had to be taken to intensive care. So they baked the poison into the cakes. Here's what I want to know. Wouldn't a Russian soldier who is invading your city, who is, uh, you know, potentially could kill you, wouldn't they go, hmm, why is this Ukrainian giving me a cake? Unless they just stole them, unless they were just out and the Ukrainian people thought, hopefully they just picked these up. I don't know. Maybe they were left on a table with big arrows pointing at the cake. <laughs> Isn't that Free strange? Cake. That's yeah. the part of the story I need to know. Yeah. How, did, how did they get them or why would we, they trust them? And we don't have that story. Free, you leave it with a sign that says, free cake for the liberators of Ukraine. Yes. Yeah, there you and go. They think they're friendly cakes, but they're not.
Well, the United States, with the help of Spain, has seized a mega yacht owned by a Russian oligarch with ties to Vladimir Putin. How mega is this yacht? It's called the Tango. It's 254 feet long and estimated to be worth $120 million. Which is fairly paltry in the world of oligarchical uh, vessels, these yachts. Yes, this oligarch is uh, like a three-quarter oligarch. Yes. These are not easy to get because they're owned by shell companies that are owned by shell companies that are registered in certain countries and then fly the flag of those countries having nothing to do with Russia. And so this one was flying under the Cook Islands flag. Yeah. Which is the one that uh, oh, Liberia. Is that the one that was the big one for a while? Liberian flag. And aren't uh, a lot of the. the commercial cruise ships like you like to go on, Bill, aren't a lot of those registered in Liberia? Yeah, they yes, are. They, yes. Yes, they are. All right. Uh, so Garcetti is, is in Mayor Garcetti may not be ambassador to India Garcetti because according to reports from both Republican senators Chuck Grassley and Joni Ernst, they have put holds now on Garcetti's nomination And this is all because they are still investigating whether Garcetti ignored sexual harassment allegations against his former longtime advisor, Rick Jacobs. My question is, say Garcetti doesn't get this nomination. He won't. He's already given up running for mayor. Now what? He's done? Where does he go from here? No, I mean, he could get an appointment uh, with the administration, a uh, non-confirmable appointment. There are plenty of them out there where you don't need uh, Senate confirmation. But after he's gone through this much scrutiny and so much out there is out there about him and questions about him now, would he be an effective leader in whatever role he was given? Well, in terms of leadership, I mean, how how often does a president appoint a, a political ally for leadership abilities to begin with? <laughs> As, is he an effective leader in the in the role he currently has? Uh, that's the whole point. It's uh, yeah, he may get one, I, I th- and Biden has to give this up. I've been saying that for weeks. There's no chance he's going to go to the mat on this one. I, I, I unless uh, he has pictures of uh, Joe Biden and or Hunter uh, having sex with goats. Short of that, uh, it's uh, he's gone. Why does it always go straight to sex with goats with you? Uh, I don't because you know I've always found goats very very sexy, and I don't know why. Well. All right, let's just move on. Let's, yeah, yeah. As long as they're adult consensual wow. votes, okay? I don't want Hey, I thought we were moving here. on. We are moving on. Let's move on. Okay. A, a report from the Office of Management and Budget, a federal office, says that climate change could cost the budget of the United States $2 trillion a year by the end of the century. That's not expenditures. That's lost revenue to the budget from all the floods and the wildfires and the tornadoes and the droughts. And that's 7% as far as of increases. I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. As far as uh, the increase in actual spending out of pocket, they estimate anywhere from an extra 25 to $128 billion a year on these same problems. Yeah, 7% of annual revenue. By the way, the OMB is a nonpartisan uh organization so we're not talking there's no politics involved here they're just straight looking at the costs and analyzing it and this is uh, kfi am 640 bill handle here on a monday morning april 4th as we finish handle on the news late edition uh, jennifer jones lee wayne resnick and me sorry it's okay 
Don't ever do that again. <laughs> so uh, if you noticed over the weekend, if anybody was flying, 3,500 flights were canceled. Most of the airlines are blaming it on weather. There was a storm, I think, in Florida, Baltimore, New York. All of those airports saw them. But even if you were flying out of California, even if you were on Southwest, Southwest said it had not just weather issues, but it also had technical issues. I know Scott's flight yesterday was uh, on time. He gets to the airport. Everything seems to be going fine. Then the flight crew was delayed. So there was a ripple effect, even if you were just traveling, you know, straight so through how late California. Was, how late was he? I think about 45 minutes. Hey, that's not terrible. Actually, that's, no. that's a miracle. Who goes away? This is spring break business. And I, who gets on an airplane during spring break? I mean, people do, obviously, because you're going to take a week off and go party and do whatever in Palm Beach. Uh, but still. Well, I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of travelers like him who... Fly for business twice a week. But other than that, I don't know why you would. I agree. No, thanks. Yeah, like flying Thanksgiving. Going anywhere Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, we did that too. We're not very bright is what this conversation has figured out. Because we do all of that. Staying with uh, Florida here, you remember that 14-year-old fell off the free fall ride at Icon Park in Orlando. Well, now... It's a crew from the Florida Department of Agriculture that's going to act as a forensic team to investigate what happened. Also, lawyers for the family are on site. They want to find out what happened because we took a look at that ride when this happened and we saw that there's no way he fell off the ride unless there was a malfunction of the restraint system. I guess, though, the problem is you can't just say, Bill, right, you can't go to court and just go, There was a malfunction of the system. You have to be very specific about which part failed and therefore trace that to lack of maintenance or some other thing before the the amusement park could be held liable. Yeah. And why the Florida Department of Agriculture? I find that an interesting agency, don't you? Yes. I don't know why. I've never heard of that before. But, you know, uh, Scott works for FEMA and the checks come from the Department of Agriculture. Uh, but there's a very hmm. big difference. Okay, between, well, I guess they're uh, under the Department I, of Agriculture. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. I think there's a there could be. I think that might be the umbrella. Okay, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that all DOD works. Anyway, uh, Twitter shares went way up this morning. Why? Because the guy who is probably the most vocal critic on Twitter about Twitter just bought a nine percent stake in the company, which makes Mr. Elon Musk, yes, that Elon Musk, the largest shareholder. Of the company he thinks sucks. The largest outside shareholder. Yes. But isn't that fantastic? Just a week or two ago, we were talking about how Elon Musk went online and was saying, you know, free speech. And do you think uh, Twitter is adhering to free speech policies? And, you know, I'm so mad. I'm going to think about actually coming up with my own social media company. Basically, two weeks later, he turns around and says, no, you know what? I'm going to buy a stake in that company. Sure, because what better way to change it yes. than to from own the it. inside? Yes. Hertz is going to buy up to 65,000 electric cars from a Swedish company called Polestar. You may be thinking, oh, Elon Musk's not going to like that. Well, they already placed an order from, for, from uh, Tesla for 100,000 electric cars. So this is just adding on and to have some diversity in their offerings. Bill, how long till you will not be able to rent a gas-powered car? Uh, oh, it'll be a while. It'll be a, yeah. This uh, it'll be a generation. Uh, I'm convinced of that. By the time electric cars take over, because even assuming that all let's say we have a bill saying all new cars have to be electric, how long does it take to get all the other cars off the road? 
10 years, 15 years. So they wouldn't go so far as to say uh, effective this date, you're not allowed to drive a gas car. No, of course not. They couldn't do that. So it'll be it'll be generational. I mean, it's going to take realistically 25, 30 years before you have fully autonomous vehicles for the most part on the road. Occasionally, you'll now it may it may come to the point where it will become illegal to drive a gas powered car on the road. But we're Mm. way, way down the line because, frankly, autonomous vehicles are inherently safer. When you talk about vehicle miles traveled, you know, for example, they started, what, uh, in Phoenix, right, uh, was the first test area. And so some woman died and then somebody else was killed or hurt. Well, that's over within millions of miles. How many millions of miles are driven and you've got car accidents like crazy? It's in, it's very much safer, but, uh, you know, it's a, we're a car culture, so we're away from that. All right, comedian Louis C.K. won a Grammy last night for Best Comedy Album, and that has caused a backlash. Louis C.K. has kept a relatively low profile since 2017, and if you guys remember, that's when he admitted to sexual misconduct with several women. Now, apparently on this album, Louis C.K. talks about the issue. Some people on Twitter say it's disgraceful to reward C.K. for that, for specifically talking about that. And there, that goes to the point of is uh, he's been rehabilitated. He is now in the mainstream. There may be a backlash, but he, even to the point where he wins a Grammy, Will Smith. We were talking about that earlier. And, Wayne, you said Will Smith is going to come back uh, and be fully rehabilitated. I tend to agree. Yeah, and it won't take okay. as long even as it took for Louis C.K. because what Will Smith did had no element of sexual misconduct or misogyny or anything like that. Other I mean, than he, just lost, he lost his temper and he slapped somebody and he yelled some uh, swear words on television and that's it. Yeah. And in, in defense of his wife, you know, whether it was right or wrong, I mean, I thought he was, you know, way off base, but then again, you know, uh, you had, uh, uh, Chris Rock making fun of his wife's uh, medical, medical condition, condition. Yeah. Uh, of which Chris Rock probably didn't even know she had, but it doesn't matter. It's a perfect storm. And I do think that's the important part that you pointed out is the medical condition. It's not like he was just making fun of her like they do, like they'll talk about somebody in the audience. This was something that hit home that she can't help. And again, I totally agree with you, Handel. It's not he went way too far. That was way over the top. OK, great history uh, point right here. I love this. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering if you're going to bid on this item. You love history. You love uh, presidential assassinations and a blood-stained swatch of fabric that is believed to be from a dress worn by one of the performers in the production of Our American Cousin at Ford's Theater that President Lincoln was watching on April 14, 1865, when he was assassinated. That blood-stained swatch is going up for auction. They're hoping to get about uh, what 125 grand for it, and, uh, and Lincoln's blood is on there, and I think that's been authenticated. Uh, mm-hmm. And Laura Keene, interesting lady, she also wrote our American cousin and was the star. And uh, as soon as uh, Lincoln was shot, she rushed over to him and uh, was uh, cradling his head, and blood was pouring down her dress. And they've already sold two or three swatches of it. The dress itself has disappeared, but the swatch it's is probably still all- being. Yeah, all cut up into swatches yeah, to be yeah. told. And Same. here is, oh boy, now we have a Jeopardy question, okay? Uh, when uh, John Wilkes Booth sh- uh, shot uh, that Derringer into Abraham Lincoln's head, uh, there was laughter in the theater. 
Uh, and the reason that Booth chose that particular moment was because he knew there was going to be an outrageous bunch of laughter in the theater to hide a shot. What was being said at that mm. moment? Oh. Do, 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 do. Don't it know. Was, it was you you psychologizing old man trap, which means absolutely nothing. It was part of the play, but for some reason the audience burst out laughing every single time. And it was at that moment when the audience was laughing that the shot went off. Well, there you go. You never know what another useless fact will bring you. All right, and finally, let's cheers this handle on the news late edition with a Coca-Cola Zero Sugar Bite. This is the latest super weird Coca-Cola flavor. Comes from the limited edition Coca-Cola Starlight. Remember, that was the first one where they said, oh, Starlight, it tastes like space. Whatever space tastes like. This one, though, stupider in my opinion. Uh, How about a sugar bite that tastes like a pixel? Does anybody want to eat a pixel? No. This makes uh, Harry Potter and the vomit flavor jelly jelly beans look like gourmet jelly beans, doesn't it? This is just silly. I think their next flavor is uh, Coca-Cola buyer's regret. Yeah. (laughs) It it tastes like remorse at getting ripped off. Yeah. I can see. We can go through the list. Liver flavored, uh, which is always good. We tried um, one, like, you know, there are all these different flavors. We tried a soda that was supposed to be like uh, buffalo hot wings. Disgusting. Ranch dressing. Yeah, I mean, all disgusting. Disgusting. Coming up, uh, Ukrainian peace deal. I'll tell you who is uh, really at risk, uh, political risk, if this deal comes through, which it will. And that is President Zelensky. And I'll explain that to to you when we come back. This is KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.